0: Say it for me, baby. Reverence. Say it one more time. Reverence. This is the Chicago Brown Folk Podcast. Now you've already clicked and come this far, so you might as well stay tuned and have a listen. And we're just gonna get right into it because there's a lot to talk about. Silent DJ is here, I'm here. So sit back, relax, and let's go. All right, you hear the music. That means only one thing. The Chicago Grown Folk Podcast is on the air for the spring of 2023. Here's what you missed. Starbucks shut its stores permanently at 16 stores nationwide on Monday. Starbucks said vandalism, property theft, and rising crimes were the big reason for the closures. And by the way one thing affects something else i mean if you got these places where the baristas are getting harassed by idiots and assholes well these things contribute to worker shortages i mean if people don't feel safe coming to work this is not a job that pays enough where i have to fear for my safety just standing behind the counter making a cup of coffee and then see the problem with stuff like this is when you have stores that are closing because of because of theft and vandalism that takes away jobs from the people in the communities that these starbucks are in it takes away tax revenue. And what I'm curious about is who gave this guy the keys to a car? Now, I didn't hear anything in that report about that car being stolen. So somebody had to give him keys because I heard something in the report about he had a revoked license. Now, if you got a revoked license, that's different from being suspended. Suspended, you might have maybe didn't pay some traffic tickets or something. But if your license is revoked, that means you have no business driving behind the wheel of any car so i don't know who the hell gave this guy the keys i don't know if he got this car from a dealer or if it was a family member that let loaned him the car but but whoever gave this guy those keys should be just as culpable because this guy had no business behind the wheel of the car to begin with with a revoked license so people you got to be careful who you give giving your keys to because if you give them to an idiot then this is the result detectives believe williams made a threat Herself under a fake profile on Facebook. In it, the post read: "Massive shooting at Lollapalooza Grand Park, 6 p.m." According to the court document, now apparently, Williams was accused of sending her Andy Frain Services supervisor, the company that was providing security, a screenshot of the Facebook threat. The Andy Frain supervisor then contacted her supervisors, and the FBI was soon involved. An analyst with the FBI was able to trace the post back to Williams and had her location documents alleged. Williams was taken into custody for questioning and told detectives that she created the fake report because she wanted to leave work early. Elevating vibrations so you can see crystal clear.
1: Say what?
0: hello everybody welcome once again to the 48th episode of the chicago grown folk podcast i am e your host for the podcast that's one letter e so that should be easier for y'all to remember and on the other side of the room we have none other than the silent dj His job is to keep us on point and that's what he's going to do. And he also assists me with the technical things like helping me work this equipment that always tends to go bad. But really he's kind of like our in-house producer. I mean, he takes care of all the behind the scenes stuff and he's also somebody that I can bounce ideas off of from time to time. And I'm going to tell you after 10 years of recording this podcast, his role is invaluable. No doubt about it. And even after these 10 years, neither one of us are on Angels. That's right. There's no dusting going on up here. We are clean, serene, and sober for this 48th podcast. Now this is a Chicago grown folk podcast. What we do on this podcast, we talk a lot of society and culture issues. We're not a podcast. that has a lot of explicit or wretched material we don't do celebrity gossip up here. This is not TMZ, Lipstick Alley, Page Six, Entertainment Tonight, and there's nothing wrong with any of those platforms, but they do what they do, and we do what we do. There's enough celebrity chasing going on out there, so we figured we don't need to add to that. We're just a couple of guys here in Chicago recording a podcast talking about all this chaos that is going on in the world in 2023. And by the way, while I'm talking about celebrity gossip, I was listening back to some of our earlier podcasts and we did talk celebrity talk on this podcast. When we were playing music, maybe the first, I don't know, however many years it was, And I was listening back to some of those earlier podcasts because we have been recording for 10 years. And the idea was going to be that I was going to go back, clean up some of those podcasts and re-release them, taking the music out and just cleaning up the audio. And, and that's still the plan. And I'm not talking about a whole bunch of them, just maybe an episode or two. But the problem with a lot of those earlier podcasts, some of that audio is rough. Some of that DJ audio is rough. For a variety of technical reasons, a lot of things that, um, I wasn't aware of until after stuff was recorded and you can't go back and change it. So you kind of have to put things out as is, you know, but that's still the plan now, whether or not, or when it'll happen, I have no idea at the moment, but, um, that's the plan at some point to re-release a couple of earlier podcasts. So that's in the works whether or not it will materialize. Well, that's time will tell. So moving forward, based on all the car base I hear rumbling through the walls, muscle car engines revving, motorcycle engines revving, not to mention being serenaded by 911 sirens every 15 to 20 minutes. And under all that, you might hear an occasional bird chirping in the background. All of that tells me that, like that old Loot Rawls record, it's spring again. Yes, spring is here. And uh, I got to tell you, and I say the same thing about fall, when the leaves are falling off the trees. I'll look at a tree, one day it's full of leaves. I'll come back a couple of days later, and ain't nothing on the trees. It's like, what happened to all the leaves? They, they fell that quick. But same thing with all this greenery out here. I mean, I was looking out. And the branches were bare. And then I look back a couple of days later and next thing you know, leaves are growing all over the place. Grass turned from brown to green, like in a couple of days. So it never ceases to amaze me how quickly these things happen. But spring is here, warmer weather, and there really isn't a shortage of things to talk about, especially here in Chicago. Now, this made national news And I, for the life of me, cannot figure out why the city of Chicago has not been able to figure out how to deal with this issue. Now, what we're gonna do is we're gonna play this news clip some breaking
2: news off the top. Hundreds of teens flooding into downtown Chicago tonight. Smashing car windows, trying to get into Millennium Park, prompting a major police response. Within the past few minutes, shots were fired near the corner of Madison and Michigan. Now, we had a news crew on the scene, but they had to move because of safety concerns. I was there a little bit earlier, about an hour and a half ago, and saw police escorting tourists and visitors to their cars in the Millennium Park parking garage. The crowd was trying to get into Millennium Park, but they're checking points that are not allowing anyone under the age of 21 who's not with an adult to get in. So they're massing across the street on the other side of Michigan Avenue. I spoke to a woman whose car was smashed by people jumping on the windshield. She says the crowd began beating her husband as he sat in the driver's seat. He's now been sent to Northwestern Memorial Hospital. I also talked to a woman, a Chicago native, who was appalled by what she saw. Situation continues to develop at this hour. As we mentioned, we have a reporter on the scene, but there are some security concerns. Fox 32's Nate Rogers is on Michigan Avenue in a protective position. Nate, can you tell
3: us what you see right now? Yeah, that's right, Dane. Um, um, as you just mentioned, we're downtown on Michigan and Randolph. Um, I'm actually probably a block away from a lot of where the chaos has originated. Right now, Chicago police are trying to clear Michigan Avenue, at least from um, Randolph, until maybe three or four blocks south on Michigan. Um, very active scene, indeed. Hundreds of officers working this investigation. Um, there are reports, unconfirmed by Chicago police, of multiple people shot- at Michigan and Washington, also Michigan and Wabash. The Chicago Fire Department, we're told, um, is here along with paramedics and Chicago SWAT teams all assisting in this investigation. Now, the chaos here downtown began or erupted just before 8 p.m. Several hundred young people traveling in groups, kids seen jumping barricades into Millennium Park, also jumping on top of cars. Other reports indicated large groups trying to force their way Way into the Art Institute. This appears to be one of those teen takeovers um, that we saw last year, publicized widely on social media, attracting thousands into the downtown area as well as to Chicago area beaches. The teens are seen with their cell phones out, um, Bluetooth music speakers blasting, dancing while recording videos, hoping the will go viral. Now I'm back out here live, really just within the last 10 minutes or so ago. Um, my Photographer and I, Raphael. We heard at least four gunshots while we were standing at Michigan and Washington. We ran um, along with another TV news crew just to get to safety. Maybe five minutes after that, we heard even more gunshots. And so, right now, Chicago police are trying to clear this area. If you um, can see from where I'm standing right now, gridlock traffic. Indeed, I mean, um, Chicago police. Here in great numbers, along with the Chicago Fire Department, paramedics, we understand that SWAT teams are here as well. A lot of folks are being rerouted um, to nearby um, public transportation just so they can get home. We also have seen police trying to escort tourists back into their hotels. Um, Chicago police are working right now to get a handle on all of this. We haven't received any updated information on if there have been any victims um, associated with any of this. That is the latest here in downtown Chicago. Nate Rogers, Fox Thirty Two Chicago. Nate, just to clarify, I want to ask you quickly. Uh, you're
2: standing at the corner of Michigan and Randolph. Is Michigan Avenue shut down right now?
3: Yes, sir. At least from our stand, our vantage point, um, Dan. But keep in mind, I'm uh, Michigan and Randolph is probably 500 feet from where I am. Mm-hmm. I'm a little bit um, further into, you know, clo- closer back towards the lake, if you will. We really just had to get out of the way because the the Teens were running. Officers were running. Um, from, from our vantage point, you can't even, I don't even think there's, there's traffic flowing along Michigan Avenue because um, the, the, the cars are stopped right now.
2: Yeah, it looks from that shot as though at least uh, Michigan Avenue has been shut down. Nate, stay safe. Thank you very much for that report.
0: All right, now you heard the news clip. Teens running around, causing all kinds of destruction. We actually talked about this on more than one occasion. The last time we talked about this, it didn't make the final cut. And I remember this because one of those teen gatherings had happened around early December. I don't remember if it was December, 2022 or December of 2021. I believe it was 21 where they had one of these gatherings downtown, but it'll probably make a stuff that didn't make it segment somewhere down in the future. But the reason why I said that is because I mentioned this on that particular segment. I believe they call these gatherings trends. These teen takeovers, that's what I call it now. They call it trends, or they can call it whatever the hell they want to call it. I call it a teen takeover Uh, because these were teens and and young adults as well, which I don't know what the hell young adults would be doing. You know, these people who are, like I talked about, grow the hell up, people that they just don't want to let it go. You know, (laughs) they want to hang around teens and do what they do. But, Trends is what it's supposed to be called. And from the chatter that I'm hearing around the city, these people are gathering for the purposes of going viral on social media, trending on social media, which is how you get the name trends. So they come downtown. So they come downtown and gather. And a lot of this stuff, I guess they put out their phones and record and post it on social media. Example being, there's a video of this event floating around where these teens are jumping on somebody this particular video has been floating around the internet you guys might have seen it with the caption of we get active so that's one reason these teens are gathering to go viral on social media and i'm also going to guess that you have a percentage that are going down because it's just something to do they're hanging out because everybody else is down there then you also have a percentage of people who go down there to cause chaos They use events like that to run wild, cause chaos, maybe loot a store to, you know, now what I don't know, I don't know who's behind these gatherings. I don't know who decides we're gonna meet up on X day at X time for a trend gathering. And again, from the chatter that I've been hearing around the city, although I've been hearing a lot of different things, a lot of these messages are sent out and they're very vague. And you really don't know who these messages are coming from. I don't know if there's a trends committee out there that decides these things or what. But whomever, whatever is behind it, the city of Chicago has to figure out how to deal with this issue. You cannot have teens running downtown or any place in this city creating lawlessness. I mean, you just can't have it. Because one is dangerous as hell because you got people out there getting shot at. You heard the report there was a woman whose husband was attacked, cars damaged. Not to mention if you get half of Chicago police force downtown trying to contain this nonsense, then who the hell is policing the rest of the city? Now, what I noticed since this incident has happened, you have a lot of these conservative, I see a lot of this stuff on YouTube, these conservative people, they get a camera and um, they start talking about this incident and they're talking about a woke mayor and, You know, Democratic politicians, you know, the same stuff that I always tend to hear. Now, we just had a mayoral election, but we have a new mayor, mayor mayor-elect is the way they say it, Brandon Johnson. Now, he won't be sworn in until May, I believe May 15th, but don't quote me exactly on the date, but it won't be sometime until May. So he's not in office yet. Now, he's since released a couple of statements surrounding the incident. the first statement he released and I brought up the right wing people because this is kind of what they're jumping on. He released a statement saying something along the lines of, we don't condone, I don't condone this type of behavior in our city. And I'm paraphrasing. I don't have the exact quote in front of me. Well, hold on. Well, let me get the exact quote. I have it down here somewhere. Um, all right, here we go. It is right here. It wasn't, And it wasn't hard to find. All right. All right, here it is. It says, in no way do I condone the destructive activity we saw in the loop and Lakefront this weekend. It is unacceptable and has no place in our city. However, it is not constructive to demonize youth who have otherwise been starved of opportunities in their own communities. So this is what a lot of these conservative videos I see on YouTube are talking about. They're woke mayors and woke democrats and all this kind of stuff all the while where they're there are hawking t-shirts and coffee mugs now i don't know who raised these people that are talking this woke politicians in democratic run cities but i didn't get my morals and values from politicians i got them from parents grandparents uncles aunts teachers And in some cases people in the community and you can throw a little bit of church in there as well. So we wouldn't have gave a damn what politician was in office. We, we didn't even, as a matter of fact, the understanding that we had even as kids was that politicians were most of them are self-serving and liars on top of it. You know, and we didn't think about consequences from politicians. We thought about consequences from parents. And again, this is the way I was raised. Now, like I said, I don't know how these people were raised, but we ain't thought nothing about no politicians. It was people, the adults at home that were raising us and we didn't grow up in a perfect household. Neither My, my parents had a lot of struggles, but the question that I would ask is when does an individual's personal responsibility come into play? You know, I don't give a damn how lax laws are according to these people. That don't mean you run out and create lawlessness. But again, I understand that these people are pushing agendas and they're selling merchandise at the same time, hustling for subscribers and all this kind of stuff. I get it. But I am gonna caution this new mayor, Brandon Johnson, on something. Not that he's listening to the podcast, but I am gonna caution him on this. You are the mayor of the third largest city in the country. Chicago is one of the most famous cities across the globe. It ain't too many people that ain't heard of New York. They ain't heard of Los Angeles. They ain't heard of Chicago. You cannot be mayor of this city and continue to allow this lawlessness to go on in the heart of downtown Chicago. You just cannot do it. He can run around and talk about demonizing kids all he wants to, but at the end of the day, you are the mayor, the buck stops with you. When questions need to be answered about these types of incidents, they ain't gonna be looking for these kids, they're gonna be coming looking for you. So he's the mayor, he's gotta figure it out. Because here's the thing, if teens can pull this off and get away with it, then what the hell are you gonna be able to do in the face of a real threat in this city? So whether it's teen takeovers, you're also gonna have an issue with these street takeovers. These are going on all across the country too. We just heard about a story out in Compton where there was a street takeover and there was some looting in the area where these things were happening that and again, what's the purpose? The purpose is to film these things and go viral on social media. Hell, I saw a thing here in the city, um was it last year, I believe it was, where you had a group of motorcycle bike riders, whatever you want to call them, running through the streets, popping willies and making all kinds of noise. And what were people doing? They were standing out with their cell phones recording. So this issue is running deeper than Democratic-run cities. This is a societal issue that has to be dealt with. Social media clout, we've even seen where people, what is these, these Kia challenges where people are stealing folks' Kias so they can record it and post it on TikTok. These people are slaves to social media. If we can't figure out how to deal with these social media issues that have been going on in this country for the past few years, then what the hell is going to happen when AI technology really gets a foothold on this country? I was going through my email account the other day and I started to realize, man, I got a lot of emails in here that I have not read or checked or even deleted. You know, and luckily for me that these things are, are not like physical copies. Cause if they were, I'd have a room full of papers and waiting for me just to start shredding or tearing up or storing away. Cause typically what happens I'll check my email and most of it is people offering you deals or advertisements, things that I have no interest in at all, you know, and this is just a regular inbox and they send this stuff every day. Now, the thing about it, it's not like I respond to these people or every so often I'll see these emails that come every day and I'll wind up going to unsubscribe, but that can be a hassle also because some of these people don't make it easy for you to do so. I mean, you got to go to their website and you got to read the fine print and all this kind of mess. You know, just like, just look, just click a button and unsubscribe and that's it. You know, but this stuff comes through every day and I'm wondering who the hell is sending this stuff. And I'm gonna tell you, my spam inbox is ridiculous. I go through some of this stuff. Uh, like for example, and it's always the same stuff. Geek squad help desk. Uh, here's something here. Liposuction by Sun O'Bello. So Sun O'Bello is sending out emails offering liposuction. Here's some here from Lowe's Unlocked. It says, you have won a Dewalt heater. Now, what I'm curious about is how many people see these things and say, oh, I, I got a free heater, and open it up and read it, you know. Who else we got here? Uh, DHL. Your package is out for delivery. Here's another one here. Now, this one is from FedEx. Same thing. Your package is out for delivery. So DHL and FedEx are telling me that I got packages coming that I ain't order. You know, and there's tons of this stuff. Here's some here. You've been chosen free unlimited, something they're offering. I don't know what the hell it is. Cause I ain't opening it. Walmart, get a chance to receive a $500 gift card. Now, obviously these are scam emails. I mean, this ain't the real FedEx or DHL telling you, you got packages coming. And by the way, they've been sending these emails to my, spam inbox for years you know and it's not enough that they're sending all this crap to your email then you get the phone calls how many times throughout the day do you get these phone numbers that pop up and then it says scam likely now i know people maybe we have somebody out there listening that does this they'll call your phone telling you that your warranty is about to expire or the irs is looking for you or something like that and And the person they're calling just lets loose they're gonna cuss the folks out you know now i heard some years ago i don't know how true this is or not that you really don't want to answer the phone when these people call because the moment they know somebody's on the other end what are they going to do they're going to keep calling and they don't care nothing about getting cussed out and here's the thing if they're calling from a foreign country or something they probably wouldn't understand what the hell you're saying anyway but long as they know somebody's on the other end, then guess what? Then now they're going to call again, or they're going to send your number around to somebody else and they're going to call and cause what are they doing? It's called, it's called fishing, not fishing with an F it's a PH at the beginning of it. Now, when I first heard that term some years ago, I said, what the hell is fishing? Cause I find that now that I've lived some years, people come up with these new terms and they start using them. And a lot of times you don't know what the hell they're talking about. Cause when I think of fishing, I think back in the days when we used to go like fishing, you know, with the fishing pole and the bait, you know, night crawlers or you put the little minnows on there and you know, that's the only kind of fishing I knew existed, you know, but the type of fishing these people are doing, these are scammers and they're fishing for information. Now, here's an example of what I'm talking about. I got this phone call the other day. Now, I didn't answer it. It went to voicemail. Silent, I'm gonna run it from here. Now, I want you all to hear. This is what was sent to my voicemail the other day.
4: Hey there, Um, I guess I missed you. It's Jessica over at National Tax Advisory Services, LLC. So, I tried you last week as well and uh, this is a follow-up notification regarding the new zero tax program that's now open for you. Um, it looks like you possibly have some past money that's due, which we can squash with this new deal. So basically it becomes non-collectible, but um, you must elect to enroll this month. So um, give me a shout back at 831-204. Again, I'm Jess from CC at 831-204. Thank
0: you. And talk to you later today. Well, Jessica, guess what? You ain't going to talk to me later today cause I ain't calling you back. Now here's a couple of things that stood out to me. This is BS one Oh one. Did you notice the way she started out the phone call? Hey there, uh, I guess I missed you. Now that's the first tip off. They don't address you by name. Now if she had called and said, Hey John, or Hey Jacob, and your name is Terrell, then you know that right away that whoever this person is. And I don't know, by the way, I don't know if this is a real person calling or a computer because I know they have these computer voices now to sound like real people when they call. So I don't know if this is a real person or not, but you would know right away that that phone call is not meant for you. So there's no need for you to listen to the rest of the call. So they leave general greetings. And she said she was calling from a place, national tax advisory service, LLC, no, I ain't never heard of these people. I ain't never had to call them for nothing. So I don't know what the hell this woman is talking about. Then they want to entice you with some kind of zero tax program that you might qualify for. You know, so all this stuff is a bunch of BS. Then you hear the end, give me a shout back. Not a call back. Give me a shout back. Well, Jessica, I'm going to tell you this. You're going to be waiting a long time for that shout back. And obviously I'm not alone when it comes to these scams. Came across this article that was on the Guardian website. Now, this is a pretty extensive article, so I'm not going to read the entire thing, but I'm going to kind of read the more relevant parts. Now, in this article, you have an Ohio resident by the name of Kelly Hinton. Kelly wound up getting one of these one of these text messages to her phone from Chase, asking her if she attempted to wire transfer an amount of seven thousand five hundred dollars. From her account. Reply why if you recognize or know to stop fraud. So she wound up getting this text message first. It said she didn't even get a chance to respond to the text before a polite man identifying himself as Simon from Chase Fraud Investigation gave her a call from a number that appeared exactly to match the number on the back of her bank card. Simon told her that a scammer had accessed her account and she needed to take prompt action to stop the money from being transferred out. Meanwhile, while all this was going on, more texts were arriving, announcing more unauthorized wire transfers coming from her account. So she's getting text messages left and right telling her that they're draining money out of her account. And she's also on the phone with a guy telling her the same thing. The professional sounding scammer kept her on the phone for an hour. Hinton realized something was amiss when the caller suddenly hung up, she called back immediately, but she was transferred from one office to another. She said in the meantime, her money was gone. While phishing texts have been around for years, data shows that they are on the rise. In 2022, U.S. phone users got 157 BN robo text or more than 440 a person. An 80% increase from 2021, according to the company RoboKiller, which offers a scam blocking service for cell phones. Last year, more than 300,000 2,100 Americans reported having fallen for a phone-based smishing scam. And by the way, now you just heard me talking about phishing. Well, now with the text, this is called smishing, short for SMS phishing. All right, so you got fishing and you got smishing and neither one of them ain't no good. And all of it is on the rise according to this article. And it's no wonder why, check this out here, it says, with these 321,000 Americans that have fallen for these uh, smishing scams, it said it created total losses of over $326 million. And that's according to data from the Federal Trade Commission. So there's no wonder this stuff is on the rise. I mean, these people are making millions of bucks off of folks and these people who are committing these scams they're using all types of tactics uh, some pretend to offer jobs only to ensnare people into transferring money out of their bank accounts for job supplies others pretend to be contacting the wrong person in hopes of striking up a conversation which may then lead to long exchanges they get the phone user to open up their wallets another common scam involves gleaning the name of a person's boss from a directory or website, then impersonating that boss and asking for a favor that involves purchasing gift cards. The scammers then ask for photos of the back of the gift cards, saying they needed it for reimbursement. This in turn allows the thieves to cash the cards and make off with the funds. And by the way, years ago, I was in a Walmart and you know, they had the people who watch these uh, self-checkout lines. I was talking to a Walmart employee who said that um, they had got an elderly woman to come into Walmart buying a bunch of gift cards, and she was having issues with trying to figure out how to put money on it and this, that, and the other. And this elderly woman went on to tell the Walmart employee that she got a phone call from somebody needing a gift card, this, that, and the other. And the Walmart employee just had to tell her, look, you're being a scam, you know? And this thing about impersonating bosses This kind of reminds me of that previous podcast where we talked about people getting phone calls from their employers or from folks talking about their coworkers are being held hostage or something or the other, you know? I mean, these people are trying all kinds of tactics to get your money. And by the way, this is what I was talking about a few moments ago about these packages. Uh, This is a screenshot from somebody that posted this on Twitter. It says, the level of scams I get is increasing every day this one almost got me looks exactly like United States post office webpage and says package can't be delivered because of wrong address and they need to pay $3 to update. And they got a picture of a tracking number on here and something saying, we've had issues with your shipping address. You got another person here that took a screenshot of a text message they got from the post office. And I use that in air quotes says, we are sorry, your parcel cannot be delivered due to an unpaid shipping fee. Visit this link to book a redelivery. delivery Wow. These people are coming up with all kinds of schemes and scams to take our money. And according to this article, it says there are mounting calls for action. You have Senator Elizabeth Warren, who have urged banks to make it more difficult for scammers to drain their accounts using electronic transfer systems, including Zelle. The federal government is also under pressure The new rule rolled out by the FCC in March will require mobile phone companies to block certain texts before they ever reach consumers and more regulation could be on the way. And check this out. It says there are more than 362,000 robo-texts being sent a minute in America, according to Illinois Congressman Rajah. guess I'm pronouncing that right. And they've also introduced federal legislation that explicitly makes it illegal to use automated telephone equipment to barrage customers with texts. So according to this article, there are movements out there to do some crack down on the stuff because it really is getting ridiculous. And I'm going to tell you some 320 some million dollars. That's a lot of money that's going to God knows where to do God knows what. So yeah, you They, they need to do something, but the way this technology is going and as slow as the government moves, they're always going to be a step behind. By the time they get these legislations passed, God knows what other technology will be out here to scam people out of their money. And with AI technology on the rise, these scammers are no doubt trying to figure out how to use it to their advantage. I'm a YouTube guy. I spent a lot of time on YouTube and something I've been noticing over the past few years on the thumbnails of these videos. And maybe somebody out there listening knows what this is about. What is the deal with all of these damn red arrows on thumbnails, big giant red arrows pointing to people in pictures. And I'm thinking, the title is good enough. Do you really need the giant arrows? You know what I mean? It's like they're trying to guide you to look. And it's like I, like, I don't get it. I don't get it. And I don't understand why so many people are throwing these things in their thumbnail pictures. I mean, maybe they're supposed to be attention getters. I mean, I don't know. I just know that damn near every other thumbnail, there's a giant red arrow pointing to something. You know. Well, anyway, moving on. Those of you who have listened to this podcast any length of time, you know that one of the things that is frequently brought up on this podcast is crime on the CTA. Now listen, I've been riding the CTA on and off now for 30 some years, mostly on. So there's really not a whole lot that I haven't seen riding public transportation in the city. And CTA has its fair share of problems, no doubt about it. And oftentimes when I talk about CTA on this podcast, we're talking about the red line in particular, but overall CTA has its fair share of problems. But a lot of people, man, I mean, if you got somewhere to be work, school, doctor's appointments, and you don't have a car, you don't want to spend money on Uber. Cause you know, you got Ubers and Lyfts, but I, I'll tell you, man, after a while, that money can add up, depending on how far your commute is. I mean, that that can be pretty costly when you compare it to the price of a CTA fare. Now, granted, Uber, Lyft, or whatever rideshare service you prefer obviously would be more convenient. And like somebody told me years ago, if you want convenience, you got to pay for it, right? So it, it can be convenient, but it can be costly at the same time. And if you're a person that doesn't have a whole lot of money to spend on Ubers and Lyfts, then I mean, what you're going to do, you're going to take the bus. All right. Now this survey was taken by WBZ. That's the local public radio station here and they're calling it a wholly unscientific survey of regular commuters. And in the survey, they talked to a number of riders who gave their opinion about riding CTA. Uh, You had a guy here by the name of John Wilms, And he said he's typically told people in the past that CTA isn't that bad. And it's actually one of the good things about living here. He also used to tell people that it was pretty reliable, but lately he said that is no longer true. And the city just doesn't seem to care. Another writer here by the name of Liddell Johnson, she stays on the South side. She says CTA doesn't fairly serve her South side neighborhood. She also says when she's downtown and trying to come home, You see a bunch of buses going up to the north side passing by that are empty she also went on to say that early morning buses are very unreliable and do not align with the agency's trackers that count down wait time for riders one student they talked to said she had been late for school 13 times due to delays on the number 82 kimball Homan bus Elderly riders describe missed appointments when buses and trains were delayed to the University of Illinois Chicago Medical Campus. One manager says his employees were consistently late for work to the point where it's impacting business. Then he talked to one passenger, a guy by the name of Sean. Now, according to him, Sean has had a few interesting experiences riding the red line. Now, Sean says he was on his way home from work and there's a woman walking by selling alcohol. Now, for some reason or another, this alcohol-selling woman decided to pull out a meat cleaver and threaten Sean with it. And what saved him was there was a passenger who was behind this alcohol-selling meat-cleaving woman and pulled the meat cleaver out of her hands. Now, Sean doesn't give a whole lot of details as to why this alcohol-selling woman decided to pull out a meat cleaver on him. I mean, I don't know, but I'm going to guess there was some kind of altercation that led up to that point. (laughs) You know, unless she was just... uh like they used to say back in the day, getting high off her own supply and she just running around threatening folks on the train with a meat cleaver. I mean, you never really know on the red line. I mean, you just don't know. But if that wasn't good enough for Sean, he said there was another instance where he saw a woman kick a man dead in the neck. Now, I don't know if this was the same woman that was selling alcohol or if this was a different woman. And this really didn't go into a whole lot of details in terms of how it even escalated to that point. He said, I've seen people being harassed, assaulted. He said, I've seen people doing drugs and even defecating on the train. He goes on to say, there's always this anxious feeling like what's gonna happen today? Well, yeah, I guess he would feel like that after being attacked by a meat cleaving, alcohol selling woman. Another problem that riders had a problem with is cigarette smoking on the trains. Smoking and electronic cigarettes are completely banned by the CTA But writers said they don't see any enforcement of rules and several said they felt uncomfortable saying anything to offenders for fear of harassment, which smoking on CTA trains has always kind of been a problem. And I don't remember what podcast that was, Silent, where I talked about these kids getting on a train, smoking a marijuana cigarette. I believe it was our 39th podcast or it might have been our 38th. It was the one we recorded right before the pandemic hit. But that's always been a problem. And the thing that I can never really figure out with these people is, you know what? You can't wait 15, 20 minutes to take a drag on a cigarette, you know? And I don't remember if I brought this up on a previous podcast or not. This was a few years ago. There was a story that hit the news. The number 12, the Roosevelt bus, pulled in front of the CTA train station. It was about a half a block off of State Street, where you have the green, orange, and red line Stations all kind of meet up. Well, this guy, the bus pulls into the station and this guy goes to the back of the bus. He's on the outside. He goes to the back of the bus, climbs up the bus to the roof and sits on top of it. Then he had the nerve to light up a cigarette and smoke it. So now he's, so this bus is pulling off with this guy riding on top of the roof and he's smoking a cigarette. Now, it's bad enough he didn't climbed on top of the bus. I don't know what the purpose was of lighting up a cigarette. I don't get what that was about. Yeah, I mean, this guy's just riding on top of the top of the roof, smoking a cigarette like everything is normal. Now, he didn't violate all kinds of rules. Not to mention, I mean, that's dangerous. I mean, now, if there was a spark or something, you you smoking a, a cigarette on top of a gas-powered vehicle, I mean, j- j- Wow. I mean, I can't tell you what kind of problems that can cause, but, and you have a few other complaints here. It says, riders said there are not as many buses as pre-pandemic. So the buses are more crowded. Some people said multiple situations have happened when buses are crowded and just drove past without stopping. Yeah. Now, I mean, I'm going to tell you something that used to happen to us back in the day too, especially uh, when I first started riding a bus, you got a bus for the people. It will ride past you. I've had that happen. Because at some point, I mean, if it's filled to capacity, I mean, how many more people are you going to put on there? You know, but again, that's a, that's an issue CTA has to address. I mean, get more buses out there, driver shift changes, mid route, left riders stranded on the bus after drivers abruptly stopped the bus and left the relief driver. Isn't there and the original driver just leaves, which by the way, that's not a new thing either. I've had that happen to me on occasion. When the shift is over, the bus is sitting there and ain't nobody on the bus, and you wonder, well, what, how long are we gonna sit here and wait, you know? Another thing in this article people were complaining about, and this is a new term uh, as far as I know, ghost buses. Not ghost busters, but ghost buses. Now, apparently a ghost bus is a bus that shows up on the bus tracker, but doesn't arrive in person. So if I'm standing on the corner of Madison and Ashland, waiting for the number 20 Madison bus to take out West. And I'm looking at the bus tracker and it's telling me the bus is going to be there at 555 and it's going on 610 and ain't no bus showed up nowhere. So they're calling that that's what they're calling the ghost bus. Now, what we used to call that back in the day was the bus is running late. It wasn't no thing as ghost buses because at some point a bus is going to show up. It just ain't showing up at the time it's scheduled to show up for. And typically what would happen, and this is a new term also that I've been hearing lately, is something called bus bunching, where you have two or three buses that show up at the same time. And that's typically what would happen. So I'm still standing on the corner of Madison and Ashland waiting for the number 20 Madison bus. And now it's going on 615. And I look up and here come three buses showing up at the same time. That's what they're calling bus bunching. A bunch of buses showing up at once. So they got terms for everything now. But I'm going to tell you, man, like I said earlier, I've been riding CTA in the city for 30 some years. And all of this stuff that they're talking about in this article, CTA has always had these problems. Buses that don't run on time, ghost buses, bus bunching, whatever the hell you want to call it. People smoking cigarettes, crime happening. Now, the defecating on the train, that's a new one. I I, I ain't never seen that one before. But I will tell you, I have seen guys go in between the cars and urinate, but I ain't never seen nobody defecating on a train. I just haven't seen that one yet. Thank God. And don't want to see it. But buses and trains that are unclean. I mean, CTA has always had these problems. Now, there is no doubt in my mind that this stuff is happening more frequently since the pandemic hit but you know something that's been going on all across the country where services have been declining since the pandemic hit. And if you're a company like CTA who's had problems before the pandemic hit, then afterwards it just is going to be worse. And what I really can't figure out is CTA is paying all this money to these CEOs and presidents. They get all these big salaries and they can't figure out, I mean, you can't keep the buses and trains clean. I mean, how difficult is that to do? You know, Now, getting them to run on time, I can understand that being a problem. Buses are going to run late for a variety of reasons. Uh, You might have an idiot or an asshole that's holding up the bus because they don't want to pay their fare. Uh, Obviously, traffic is going to be an issue, inclement weather. So there are going to be times when the buses are going to run late. But why CTA can't figure out how to get their company running more efficiently is baffling to me. Well, if you've been paying attention to the news, you know that, you know, that crime has skyrocketed in particular with retail stores. I mean, how many video clips have we seen of people just running into businesses and grabbing things and running out the door and some cases they ain't even running, they're walking, walking out the door with a whole bunch of stuff. They ain't paid for as much stuff as they can carry. How about the story here? This came across my radar a couple of months ago. It's happened out in Toluca Lake, California. Now, I don't know how many people might have heard this story. A baby boutique in Toluca Lake is seeking the public's help in finding a pregnant woman and a male accomplice who walked away with a pricey infant stroller during a brazen daytime theft. Now, this happened at a place called Little Sprout Baby Store. And the owner is a woman by the name of Diane. And she was saying that She greeted the pregnant woman who seemed to be browsing the store while on her phone. But when Diane stepped out of the area to help another customer, that's when another man also on his phone walked in the front door and soon walked out with the stroller. They took a stroller that was valued at $1,599. And if you see the video, the level of comfort that these two displayed while taking this pricey stroller is astounding to me. Why are people now in this country so comfortable with taking things that don't belong to them? Like they didn't even give it a second thought. They just walked in and walked out with a $1,500 stroller. And these aren't the only people this is going on all across the country. I mean, we've seen tons of videos, or at least I have anyway, of people walking in and out of these stores, just taking things that don't belong to them. You know and I was actually going to bring this subject up on the last podcast. The silent DJ and I had a conversation about these divvy bikes that the city puts out for people to rent and ride. He and I both drove past a spot in the city. There was a vacant lot and he saw it. I saw it three or four of those bikes just thrown in the lot. So people stole them. They stole them. They did what they needed to do with them. And then they just tossed it like trash. There was an article divvy bike theft in the city is a real problem. And in that article, it said they found stolen bikes as far away as Mexico. Now, here's the thing. Who gives a damn about a Divi bike? But the point is, again, the fact that people feel so comfortable just taking things that don't belong to them. And I don't know where this mentality comes from. I really don't. I mean, and listen, people have been stealing since the beginning of time, right? But the level that it's going on now, again, it's astounding to me. And if this podcast was set up to take phone calls, I really would ask this question. I would ask a couple of questions. One, who are these people? Like who's raising them? What circumstances are they coming from? Where they feel it's okay to just take things that don't belong to them? And by the way, this is a pregnant woman. That means that she's gonna be somebody's mother and she's gonna be raising this kid. What kind of morals and values is she gonna raise this child with when she's running around taking $1,500 strollers? And I imagine if she feels comfortable enough walking into a store, taking a $1,500 stroller, she's probably stole stuff before and just hasn't been caught on video, but she's going to be raising a child. So if she don't have a problem with stealing, then what the hell does she give a damn about her kid doing it? You know? So who are these people? And the second question I would ask is why, why is it going on? What are these people doing with all the stolen stuff? Are they taking it? putting it in their homes and keeping it for themselves? Are they taking it and throwing it up on the internet to sell? Are these stuff rings? Are these just people who are desperate? Like I always see these people on uh, some of these radio shows talk about people are desperate and this, that, and the other. Well, which I know there are desperate people out there. Hell, I'm damn near one of them myself, <laughs> you know? Same thing with silent, but everybody that's desperate or in tight circumstances aren't thieves. So who are these people? Why is it going on? And by the way, why is nobody really talking about this brazen theft that is going on in this country? And how do we solve it? I mean, you can't have a country where people are just running around taking things. And we've seen now where a lot of this theft has gotten so bad till stores are closing. You know, and if you're a person that lives in a neighborhood where there might be a a nearby Walmart or a, local grocery store or whatever, the family dollar, uh, Dollar Tree, or whatever, whatever the hell it is, and they're closing their doors because they can't deal with all the theft. You don't have a vehicle, you're not close to transportation. The next available store is five, 10 miles away. I mean, these are the people that are being affected the most by this. Well, with theft being the way it is, stores are gonna have to find ways to combat it. And with this being the technology age, one of the ways stores can fight it off is through technology. Now, I don't have an article. I came, across this, I came across this news clip, so we're going to play this real quick.
3: High prices might not be the only thing you have to worry about at the supermarket these days. Somebody may be watching you. There's this whole new movement towards using facial recognition in stores for security. And, of course, it's not without controversy. Here's out news reporter, Lauren Glassberg.
5: A supermarket's use of facial recognition is raising privacy concerns. A sign posted outside a Fairway store on the Upper West Side warns customers that biometric data may be collected.
4: It's using a a scan of our eye or it might be using our facial, you know, our face or a fingerprint.
5: In a statement, Fairway says the technology is helping our store reduce retail crime. Shoplifting has surged across the country. Walgreens, Target and Walmart have closed some stores because of it. And in the five boroughs, shoplifting complaints have surged to more than 63,000 last year, a 45% increase from the year before.
3: This is not a city where you can walk into a store, take what you want and walk out.
5: Dozens of large retailers are reportedly using facial recognition to catch repeat offenders.
4: There's some huge, huge positives on the negative side and the concerning side. We've got a real challenge potentially around how that data is utilized, especially if it's put in the wrong hands.
5: New York city requires that businesses post signs, warning customers of any biometric surveillance that may be conducted. Amazon is being sued for not following those requirements.
0: All right, there you have it. Facial recognition biometric technology. And by the way, when I first saw that clip, when you look at who posted it, it said ABC Chicago. So I'm watching this thing thinking it's coming out of Chicago and the name of the store that's using that technology is called Fairway. So I'm sitting here watching this video trying to figure out where the hell is Fairway at? Where is this store at? And I realized that it says ABC Chicago, but this is a story out of New York. And apparently, based on what they said in the article, there are a few stores that are already using this technology. So there's no doubt in my mind that eventually this technology is going to be everywhere in these stores. I was listening to the guy at the beginning, and he was talking about, uh, he said something along the lines of high prices aren't the only thing you got to worry about. Now somebody's watching you. But, I mean, I don't know what store this guy goes to, but, I mean, they have cameras every, in every store you go into. I mean, so this is not like a new thing. I mean, they've been watching you when you go into these stores. But again, like I said, I believe in 10, 15, 20 years. I mean, this technology is going to be all over the place. Now, whether or not it's going to help stop crime, time will tell. If you step outside your front door, you know that the weather's getting warmer. Pretty soon we'll be going into the summer months. More and more people will be out in the street. But you always have to be on the lookout for...
1: Anger! He smiles towering in shiny metallic purple armor. Green jealousy in he waits behind him. Her. her fiery green gown snares at the grassy ground. Anger! Anger.
0: Well, now in 2023, we live in a society where idiots and assholes come a dime a dozen. No doubt about it. They're out here. They're looking to cause problems. Case in point with this article here, you had a situation that happened here back in January at a hookah lounge placed by the name of lion's den, L Y O N guy who was working there. 38 year old man, Austin McAllister. McAllister was a veteran of the United States army. He served in Iraq, comes home. He works as a bouncer at a hookah lounge. Guy's got kids. He's working at this hookah lounge. And what wound up happening, apparently there was a guy that was trying to get in this lounge. 31-year-old guy by the name of Jimmy Chamberlain. Says McAllister was working at a bouncer at the Lion's Den hookah lounge on New Year's Eve night when Chicago police said a suspect tried to force his way into the bar with a gun around one thirty a.m. There was an exchange of gunfire. McAllister was shot multiple times and later died at the hospital. Another 26-year-old man was shot in the calf. So this McAllister was just doing his job and then he runs into one of these idiots that for some reason or another, now it doesn't go into what the situation was, or why they didn't want to let this guy in. and Maybe it has something to do with the fact that he had a gun on him. I mean, I don't know. I don't know if he had the gun on him when they wouldn't let him in or if the guy went back and got a gun, but a guy just out doing his job, earning a living. And again, you run into idiots like this Chamberlain, 31 year old man, by the way, I guess he couldn't handle the fact that they wouldn't let him in this lounge. His ego got the best of him. And I guess he decided, well, I'll show you and pulls out a gun and starts shooting. And you know, Silent, this reminds me, I don't know, do you remember, we talked about a story Similar to this, on one of our earlier podcasts, I think it was up in Lakeview where a, guy was trying to, where a guy was trying to force his way into a party. They wouldn't let him in. I think he wound up sneaking in a couple of times and he was causing all kinds of problems. They threw him out and eventually he had enough. Came back with a gun and just started shooting at folks because they wouldn't allow him in the party because he was acting an ass. Yeah, but it wasn't a it wasn't a lounge. I think it was a house party or something or the other, if I remember that article correctly. But, you know, again, like I said, man, a lot of these guys have egos, and they, when they get fractured, look out, because they're going to cause some problems. All right, this next one happened in Chicago. Now, this incident happened at around about 8.51 on a Saturday morning. Now, there are not a lot of details surrounding this story, but apparently there was some kind of confrontation between a couple of people Uh, It says one person involved in a confrontation pulled out a baseball bat and hit the other vehicle. Well, the person whose car got hit with the bat, it says that occupant got a gun and opened fire, striking a man who was walking outside the Goodman Theater at 180 North Dearborn. Now, the victim was a 58-year-old man. Apparently, he wasn't involved in this dispute from what I can tell by this article. It said he suffered a graze wound to his arm. A short time later, a 35-year-old man walked in the Northwestern with a gunshot wound to the leg. So I don't know if he was part of um, this incident that took place between these two idiots or what. Also, according to this article, it says police found one of the cars involved a black Nissan Altima with, a bullet hole damage, with bullet hole damage parked nearby that had the same license plate as one of the vehicles that sped away from the scene. And at the time that this article came out, no one is in custody. And this happened back on March 11th. All right, now I don't know what went on here. It says there was a shooting that happened at a movie theater inside the South Loop. Um, According to this, it says says, uh, on a Saturday night, it says two males began fighting at the theater over on Roosevelt and Delano Court. They went inside the movie theater, took the escalator up, and then they got into a physical altercation near the ticket booth. Then if that wasn't enough, you know what comes next. One of them took out a gun, then fired six to seven shots into the air. Video was taken by one of the residents who lives above the theater, shows police taking the suspects into custody. You had a guy here, uh, a 35-year-old man by the name of B-A-B-A-C-A-R-M-B-E-N-G-U-E. That's how it's spelled. You can figure out how to pronounce that name. Then you had a 16-year-old that has been charged. So you got a 35-year-old, arguing with a 16 year old. This 35 year old man was charged with reckless discharge of a firearm. 16 year old has also been charged with aggravated unlawful use of a weapon. All right, this next one, it's so wild till reading the article won't do it justice. We got to play the news clip because there's a lot happening here. Now this took place in forest park at a gas station forest park is a western suburb of chicago so we're going to play this clip
5: first a gas station confrontation gets turned upside down the chaotic situation that ended with a woman's suv on its roof in the middle of the street in forest park it was all caught on camera an argument a man dragged and a flipped over suv and now a woman in that suv is charged
2: tia ewing has a disturbing situation all around i guess the good thing is uh, nobody was hurt in this
4: it's wild, and Forest Park police tell us this video you're about to see helped them piece together exactly what happened, and now a female is in custody. I'm oh baby. I'm oh baby. Y'all better go ahead. This wild video was recorded after an argument started at Jackson Boulevard and Harlem Avenue at the Thornton's gas station Sunday after 3. Jay Mills recorded
3: it all.
0: They, know, they was like... <laughs> they throwing and bars. I'm like it's,
3: it's escalate He
4: was with his family and they say the woman behind the wheel of the Ford SUV started hurling homophobic and racial slurs at the two the word and um, my From there the fight escalated as people were trying to Female driver hits the red van, dragging the man that was with her for several feet. Then this happened. Damn, damn. as the SUV fled the gas station, the driver struck a vehicle waiting at the southbound turn signal at Jackson and then flipped over. It was as if nothing happened at all. The driver managed to exit out of the broken window.
1: Reach.
4: And started laughing. Reach just how much damage was done. The driver and male companion were far from done. Like Bonnie and Clyde, they were captured on camera trying to Y'all flee the scene. In, Forest Park Police is only charging Nance. She didn't have a valid driver's license, and now she's charged with felony criminal damage to property, two counts of aggravated assault, reckless driving, among other charges. Tia Ewing, Fox 32 Chicago.
0: Now, as you guys heard, there was a lot happening in that clip, you know, and I don't know, like if if you can't go to a gas station without having this type of drama, then you probably need to reevaluate your situation because, um, I mean, I've been driving in this city 20 some years and I ain't never had to go to a gas station and had these types of problems, you know. And Silent, guess what? There's a Jiffy Lube oil change place where this SUV flipped over. Do you know I was just in that place About a couple months ago, getting my oil changed. (laughs) That's the one I went to right there, right there on the corner. Probably about knew the people that were standing in front of the Jiffy Lube, looking at this uh, nonsense going on. Probably remember their faces from me just being in there. Tell you, you can't make this stuff up. All right, now we'll do one more. Now, there are not a lot of details surrounding this incident. Apparently, you had a 23-year-old woman. She was on the 7100 block of South Jeffrey. She wanted to get into an altercation with an unknown person. And apparently this argument got so heated until whoever this 23-year-old woman was arguing with, wound up pulling out a gun and taking shots at her. Says the woman was struck in the collarbone. She was transported to University of Chicago Hospital in good condition. No one is in custody. The investigation is ongoing. So I don't know what went on here. And by the way, this particular shooting happened on a CTA bus, which was on the 7100 block of South Jeffrey. So, all right, silence telling me we got a news clip. Maybe this news clip has a little bit more information than the article. So we'll go ahead and roll it.
2: Breaking news, a woman shot on a
3: CTA bus. It's
5: an active scene right now at 71st and Jeffrey. Nate Rogers is there. Nate.
3: <sighs> Yeah, that's right, Don and Corey. I mean, we just arrived on scene literally within the last two or three minutes or so. I'm going to step out of the way just so you all can get a closer view of what's going on. Right now, at least a half a dozen Chicago police officers are here, as is this um, CTA bus traveling down 71st Street eastbound. We're standing about a block away from South Jefferson Street, right, out, right at 71st and Merrill. Now, just... According to information that we got, um, preliminary details that we received from Chicago police. Apparently this incident happened just after eight o'clock this evening here in the 7100 block of South Jeffrey. Police telling us that a 23 year old female was on the bus um, and apparently some type of altercation took place involving another person, an altercation um, with a person. We're not sure if, if, if the woman involved knew this person or not, but somehow the woman was shot. We're not sure if she was shot exactly on the bus or if she was shot on the sidewalk. Here we do see crime tape um, in front of this, what appears to be a, a beauty supply business, again, at 71st and Merrill. Not a lot of residents outside right now, but again, a half a dozen Chicago police officers are here. We also see um, folks from CTA that are right now, conducting their investigation. Now, at last check, we were told that after the woman was shot, she was taken to the University of Chicago Hospital, where she, at last check, was listed in good condition. But right now, again, that CTA bus is still here. We also see an ambulance that's about 20 feet from where I'm standing right now. Again, Chicago police trying to get a handle on this situation. We're told no suspects are in custody just yet. That is the latest here in the South Shore neighborhood. Nate Rogers, Fox 32, Chicago. Okay.
0: yeah well they didn't really give a whole lot of details there basically they're saying they don't know what went on uh, 71st and jeffrey that's uh you know there used to be a walgreens over there that was 24 hours i've been in that area many a times throughout the years and uh that's the south shore area that's where kanye west uh is from michelle obama too i think it's from south shore isn't she silent over there on the east side of the city. You know, a lot of people say Chicago don't have an east side, but it depends on where you're at in the city. But uh, yeah, back in the 70s and 80s, South Shore used to be pretty nice. But you know, like most things, over time, things just deteriorate. So, um, yeah. I mean, I don't know if that Walgreens is still open or not. Um, I believe that was 71st and Jeffrey where that uh, Walgreens was at, if I'm not mistaken. I don't think that, I, I seriously doubt Yeah, can you look it up for me? If they are still there, I would be surprised if they're open 24 hours. Yeah, they are still there. What's the address? 7109, yeah, 7109 South Jeffrey. Yeah, that's that's 71st and Jeffrey. They're no longer 24 hours. Yeah, okay, well, that's, again, that's not surprising. Yeah, they used to be 24 hours. I don't know when they started closing it. And I know it because I've been in there after hours, so I know it you know, but that's probably been some 15 years ago. It ain't been recently. So I don't know when they went to closing at 10. Well, I got to tell you, they got the Nate Rogers, Nate Rogers, Nate Rogers, they got him all over the city. When he just downtown talking about the teams, now they got him out on 71st and Jeffrey talking about a shooting on a CTA bus. They got that brother working. I mean, they got him all over the city. And by the way, Silent, I don't know him personally, but we have a mutual friend. I guess that's how you said a, a mutual friend. Yeah, he knows a really good friend of mine. I mean, he's from Chicago, so you've lived in the city some years. You tend to know people or know people that know people, you know. It's just how it goes. All right. If you made it to the end of our last podcast, you know that I talked about this track playing in the background. A good friend of ours sent me this track through email years ago. I want to say it's probably going on 15 years now. It was just a random instrumental track that he came across. It had no identification tags on it, no artist name, no song title. So he really didn't know who it was by. I never heard it before. We've been playing it on this podcast, silent, never heard it before. So between the three of us, we could never really figure out who this track was by. Well, when I was talking about this on the end of our last podcast, after we recorded that podcast, it dawned on me that Google has this thing, this identify song feature where you can figure out, like, like if you hear a song and you don't know who it's by, you can go to Google and hit the identify song tab and hold it up to the speaker and it'll tell you in seconds who the track is by. I mean, which is really incredible by the way. So I went on ahead. I wanted to finally settle this mystery track issue that we've been having with this thing. Come to find out that it's a hip hop track by Diamond D and the name of the song "Flowin," F L W I N Flowin, came out in 1997. So that finally settles the issue of our mystery track here that only took us 15 years to figure out. So there you go. But so that's that. Diamond D. Flowing is the name of this track. Well, for this particular podcast, we were going to do Odd Stories because it's been a little while since we recorded an Odd Stories segment. I want to say it's been about a couple years or so. But because this is 2023 with the culture that we live in, there is never a shortage of these stories that come across my radar. So odd stories is going to take a backseat to.
1: The shoes, shoes, uh, grow the hell up.
0: That's right, grow the hell up. Now the purpose of this segment is not to belittle or demean anybody, but it's kind of shining the spotlight on some of these grown people. In our society, who don't necessarily act their age, you know, their age says grown, but their mentality says something different. And typically, it's been my experience anyway that these would be the first people that would jump up and talk about how grown they are. I'm grown, I'm grown. But their actions grown by age, but not by action. If you've been paying attention to what has been going on with our youth, In this society, they're not being taught respect, how to respect others as well as themselves. They're not being educated properly. I mean, the amount of stories that have been coming across my radar involving youth just since we recorded our last podcast, to me, is alarming. Now, I don't know about nobody else, but to me, to me, is alarming. A six-year-old intentionally taking a gun to school to shoot his teacher This story made national news. Teens ransacked restaurant in Queens. Cell phone video shows around 20 teenagers walking into a Queens restaurant and destroying a place, causing estimated damage up to $20,000. And there was really no rhyme or reason for this attack. Uh, Here's another story here. This happened in Pennsylvania. Teens ransacked store and attacked workers. Officials say a group of teens threw products on the floor and assaulted workers before leaving the store. Another story here, it says preteens and teens anywhere from 11 to 14 years old, brutally assaulted a woman near City Hall in Philadelphia. Police say five of those suspects surrendered while the sixth suspect, a 14-year-old female, was arrested at her home. A total of eight suspects in total were being sought. There's a warrant out, and check this out here, it says there was a warrant out for another 14-year-old female, and they are still working to identify juvenile male suspects. So you got a bunch of young teens running around. And by the way, girls running around assaulting random people. So you go from that to this story here. Now here's another story that came out of Pennsylvania. Shout out to all the people out there in Pennsylvania. I don't know if we have anybody out there listening in Pennsylvania, but if we do shout out to you guys and it's just a coincidence. I mean, this ain't picking on Pennsylvania. Cause I mean, we got enough problems here in our own backyard in Chicago, but like I said, it's just a coincidence that most of these stories came out of Pennsylvania. Now this happened at a Walmart back in January. Now we have any young people out there that might be listening. This is absolutely what you don't do. Now they don't have the name of this individual 46 year old man it says he was arrested in connection with the January incident where he allegedly dumped food and chemicals into the aisles. This happened in uh, Tilden, Tilden Walmart in Pennsylvania, January 14th. It says he coated the floors of Walmart in bleach, motor oil, dish soap, maple syrup, and jelly. And then if that wasn't good enough, he came back on January 20th and spilled more bleach on the floor. This time, not only bleach, he added pickles and hot sauce. Onto the floor of various aisles in the Walmart. This created hazardous conditions for, well, yeah, no kidding, for customers and employees who almost slipped and fell in the liquids. And police shared pictures of him throughout the month on social media, which led to his identification. In an interview with investigators on January 30th, the 46 year old man admitted to causing the messes at Walmart as a retaliation for poor customer service and because he waited in line too long. However, the incidents that anger him happened at a Walmart in Lehigh Valley. He just decided to take his frustrations out on the Tilden Walmart store. So it's like, look, man, take that crap back to Lehigh. Why the hell are you bringing it here to Tilden? Because I mean, if I'm working at Tilden and you come in doing this stuff, we're just looking at you like you're just some random nutcase. But in any case, he's charged with disorderly conduct and criminal mischief as well as corruption to minors. Oh, and so get this. The guy had a 13-year-old with him. It says another person is seen with him on both occasions was later identified as a 13-year-old teenager from a family he friends with. According to earlier police releases, the teen followed the man around the store but did not take part in the vandalism. So the kids get more sense than he's got. Now, I don't know where this guy typically shops at, but newsflash, to him and anybody else out there that might be listening, who doesn't know this, there are going to be times in life where you're going to have to stand in line and wait. Now, apparently this guy has never had to stand in line and wait because at 46 years old, you would think he would know that there are going to be times when people have to stand in line and you're going to have to wait. I mean, think about it. How many times have you been in the store? You go in there, you grab five or six things and you get behind somebody that's got about two or $300 worth of stuff in their cart, you know, and and then, and then they are, the register and they're asking about price and how much was that again and oh i don't know if i want that check that off and i thought this was on sale and blah, blah 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 so you're standing there waiting behind these people i mean and this is going on all across the country but what do people do they wait they don't just run through aisles and cause a bunch of destruction and then what does this jackass do he doesn't create the chaos in the walmart that he had to wait in line at he goes to a different one And it seems to me, instead of going to Tilden to create all this chaos, why not just go there and shop? You know what I mean? If the lines are too long in Lehigh, just go to the Tilden store. If you can go there to cause chaos, why not just go there and shop? Maybe the lines are shorter there. I mean, I don't know, but, and there's no wonder why you have teams running around creating destruction in stores because you got grown people doing it. And you heard in the story, this guy's a 46 year old man and he's running to these stores causing this chaos. With a 13-year-old following him so again this is why we have to do a segment like this to highlight individuals like this to let people know younger people in particular is this is not how you handle problems now this guy's go to court and at best he's gonna have to pay for these damages and no telling what else all because he couldn't handle standing in line you know i mean where's the logic behind that What your friends all say to you is fine, but they can't compete with this pillow talk of mine. Who sings that record silent? Sylvia. Yeah, that was her name. Sylvia. Pillow talk. Yeah, she's got that line on the record that says, um, you can't find love on a one-way street. It takes two to tangle. It takes two to even compete. <laughs> Hello, talk. Yeah. Well, I don't know why I got off into all that. There were so many things that went on in the year of 2020. One thing in particular that was going on in 2020 was all this talk about the great resignation. People are walking away from their jobs. People are reevaluating their lives. They're walking away from their jobs. You know, I mean, this is what we heard. The pandemic made people put their lives in perspective and there were talks about people needing mental breaks and all this stuff that was going on that was leading to what they call the great resignation. So a lot of people were walking away from their jobs and what was happening around that time was that there was a lot of money being passed out, stimulus checks, and there was rent moratoriums and unemployment PPP loans, which we're finding out now that there was a nice percentage of people who got those PPP loans and they really weren't supposed to get them. And now the government is going back and you got people getting arrested for PPP fraud. But all this money was being passed out. People had a little bit of a cushion. So some people were walking away from their jobs, reevaluating their lives and taking mental breaks and all this. But the problem with a lot of that stuff is it don't pay no bills. It don't put no food on the table. It's not gonna put any money in your pocket. And if you're walking away from your job, at the time it seems like a great idea, but if you don't have a concrete plan, if you don't have a plan B or something to fall back on, time will go by and walking away from your job, where at the time it might've seemed like a good idea, now all of a sudden, when you're looking at your bank statements and past due notices, you now you started to reconsider. There was an article that just came out recently on Yahoo finance. Now here's the title. The great resignation is now the great regret. 80% of job hoppers wish they hadn't quit their old roles with Gen Z being the most regretful. It seemed like a good idea at the time. And yet for those who handed in their notices during the so-called great resignation of 2021, and excuse me, I said 2020, but it was 2021, many have seen little benefit or up evil. Now dubbed the great regret, analysts carried out by payroll and HR experts, paychecks found that 80% of people who quit their roles in search of greener pastures regretted the move. Of course, not all of those who left their roles did so as part of the great resignation, as many were buffeted by pandemic factors which left them without a choice. Like for example, maybe if you worked in the food industry and restaurants were closing, you're a waiter or a waitress or a chef. Those are some of the people that fit in that category. Yet for those who did jump ship for better pay and work-life balance, the vast majority admitted they still want their old roles back. Now, what are they looking at in this article to come to these conclusions? There was a Harris poll that was done and said it surveyed about 2,000 job seekers. Candidates are finding it difficult to secure a new job. Paychecks. Samples suggest that a job search took an average of three to six months. Harris poll found that 60% of job seekers say the search has dragged on for over six months and many say they've applied to more than 50 roles. Wow. More than 70% of them also said it had been harder than they had hoped to lock down a good role. Another thing they're talking about, job hoppers missed their old friends. The most common reason job hoppers gave for wanting to return to their former employers was that they missed their old colleagues, with almost a third of respondents saying they missed their former teams. This was also followed by a range of monetary motivations. 27% of them said they missed the old salary. 23% valued their old bonus scheme, a further twenty-three percent said they missed their health insurance. A few other things they said other reasons included free lunches, work-life balance, employee discounts, and flexible and remote work options. Well, I mean, listen—if you're going to a job and you're getting free lunches and uh, employee discounts, flexible and rem- remote work options, I mean, what you want to walk away from that for? You know what I mean? But I—I I mean, but people did it, so. You also have a recruitment agency by the name of Red Balloon. It says that their data shows that job seekers who are chasing a bigger paycheck often come away unfulfilled. And by the way, let me say this also, I don't know how deep this great regret runs amongst job seekers. You know, oftentimes when people do these surveys and polls, I mean, they ain't talking to everybody. Bottom line to all of this is if you're planning on making a career change, one, don't be impulsive. You have a few bad days or maybe a few bad weeks at work. You can't stand the boss or whatever the case may be. Now you're going to leave and you don't have an idea where you're going, what you're doing, or none of that. Try to plan out as best you can. Now I know in some situations it ain't always easy to do that, but Try to come up with a plan A, a plan B, and even a plan C if you can. Easier said than done, but it'll cost yourself a lot of headache in the long run. You know, because again, like I said, people shouldn't be at work and be miserable. I get it. And I'm not trying to say that. But what I am trying to say is that if you're planning on leaving your job, don't be impulsive. Now, that's just my advice. You can take it and do what you want to do with it. If you've listened to this podcast any length of time, you know this is a topic that I bring up on occasion, Good Samaritans. Now, how this came about was a few years back, a few of these stories had started to come across my radar. People trying to lend a helping hand and they end up getting more than they bargained for. A few years back, there was a story that came out of Portland. Now, I'm going off of memory, but I believe there was a guy that was trying to help a Muslim woman who was being harassed and it wound up costing him his life. And around the same time, there was a story here in Chicago that I read on this podcast where you had an 18-year-old pregnant woman waiting at the bus stop and some guy comes up to her trying to trying to holler. Like they used to say back in the day, trying to mac, you know. And uh, she was kind of blowing him off. She really wasn't interested. Well, the bus pulls up. Pregnant woman gets on the bus. He gets on the bus. He doesn't want to pay his fare. He's giving the bus driver a whole bunch of grief. So the bus driver says, you know what? You got to get off this bus. You ain't going to pay your fare. You got to get off the bus. The guy didn't want to leave. The bus driver gets off the bus, calls the police. He's out there waiting for the police to show up. Well, in the process of this, this guy... I think he was about 21, 22 years old. He decides, okay, I'm going to get off the bus, but not before trying to beat the hell out of this 18-year-old pregnant woman who blew him off while they were standing at the bus stop, just beating the hell out of her. And the people on the bus, instead of trying to intervene to stop this guy from beating this woman, they decided to take out their cell phones and film the incident. It took the bus driver to run on the bus and pull this guy off of her. And I remember her statement saying that she didn't know when it was going to stop. And she was just wanting somebody to get this guy to hell off of her. Now these people that were on the bus, I don't know what was going through their mind. I don't know if they were worried about their own safety or I I don't know what was going through their mind, but they had the mindset to pull out cell phones and start filming the incident. Then my thing is, well, if you can do that, then you can intervene some kind of way. Uh, Another story. And I always bring this up on the podcast. Whenever I talk about these good Samaritans, I always talk about this. A friend of ours, Silent, and I know you, we we always talk about this as well, was out one night and he saw a man and a woman arguing. The guy started shaking the woman up a little bit and our friend intervenes and says, hey, what's going on? Knock it off. What are you doing? And this woman that was getting shaken up by this guy turns around and tells our friend to mind his business. Mind your business because you don't know what's going on. He ain't doing nothing. So he's trying to help her out and she's yelling at him. Another incident that happened here about two or three years back, I believe it was, there was an Uber driver who was out. This was on the near north side, if I'm not mistaken. Came across a wrecked vehicle with two people. He pulls over to see if they need any assistance. And before he knew it, these two people that he decided to help pulled a gun on him and took his car. And drove off in it and they asked this uber driver in the article he said well probably next time if he sees a wreck he's just gonna keep on going you know so my point is if you come across these situations what do you do now if this podcast was set up to take phone calls i would ask this question and i don't know that there's really a right or wrong answer it's just it's how you feel you know but again do you intervene or do you do nothing And let's just be honest, we live in a society now where there is very little reverence being placed on a human life. So people now will take someone's life and not even think twice about it, won't think twice about it. And what I've also noticed in some of these situations is the person that tries to intervene and help winds up getting the worst end of the deal. And the person that they're trying to help, I mean, they might get some injuries, but They're still alive, you know, so you're trying to help somebody else out and you wind up losing your life in the process. But the flip side of that is how many people have intervened and you might have saved somebody's life? But I'm bringing this up because anytime I come across these stories, I tend to want to talk about it on the podcast. There were a couple of situations that happened here recently. One story in particular, and I don't have the article in front of me, but the gist of it was a guy was out on his bike. He saw someone trying to break into a car, so he jumps in and intervenes and he winds up getting shot in the process. Now, as far as I know, from what I remember, he didn't lose his life. But again, you know, now he saves, he stopped somebody's car from getting broken into, but at the same time, he got shot in the process. Another story here. Now, this is really tragic. This happened in Edgewater on the north side. The 5200 block of North Sheridan Road on a Wednesday around about 11.40 p.m. Now, what went on here was you had a 23-year-old woman by the name of Isis Monet. She went up to a 26-year-old man while he was waiting for his girlfriend and propositioned him for a sex. Now, this is according to court testimony. Now, this 26-year-old man declined, and apparently this 23-year-old Monet couldn't handle rejection, so she got angry with him and pulled out a knife, and what did she do? She decides to stab him. So this 26-year-old went and got a hammer from his car and began chasing the woman around. So all this noise is going on outside of this apartment building. And you have a 21-year-old by the name of Jamel Hinton. He hears all this commotion and he decides to go outside to intervene. And this knife-wielding woman wound up fatally stabbing him in the chest, murdering him. It says Hinton came out of the house and attempted to calm down Monet. When she stabbed him in the chest, he was taken to St. Francis Hospital in Evanson, where he died early Thursday. Hinton worked at the local potbelly shop and is described as a six foot ten gentle giant who was kind and respectful to everyone, according to his mother, Aisha Barton. This article goes on to say that news outlets are calling him a good Samaritan for saving two people he didn't know from being hurt or killed. Many have deemed my son a hero. But to me, Jamel was my youngest child. And my only son was stolen from me, and now he's gone. Jamel's mother set up a GoFundMe page, and is seeking help to raise money for Henson's funeral costs. But people have donated. There's another link on here I'm clicking, and it goes to a different page. And it says that um, she's raised $21,833 at the time that this article was written. And according to this information, the funeral has already come and gone. Uh, it was February 25th. 2023. So, and according to another article that I read surrounding the story, the mother said that um he tends to go around and helps people. So again, this goes back to this thing of when do you intervene? Now, I believe that if you're a person that tends to help people, you just jump in and you don't think twice about it. You see somebody that needs help, and I mean, you just go for it. You don't tend to think about consequences right then and there, but again, what would you do? You know, I was on my commute to work and as I was on the expressway, I was driving and I happened to look up and see smoke off in the distance, black smoke filling the air, you know, and not only could I see it, I smelled it. So there was something burning somewhere. Well, what I had thought about, I had been seeing a few fires over the past few weeks in random places around this city which is nothing new. I mean, fire has happened. Our family home many years ago caught fire. And by the way, and this is just a little sidebar, if you own a home in particular, if it's an older home and you don't have home insurance, get it. You know, and I know it's not cheap. I know it can be costly, but I'm going to tell you something, especially in these older homes that have, they're probably not up to cold. You know what I mean? And I'm telling you from experience get it. Cause if not your house catches on fire, you won't have a damn thing. Now that's my advice. You can take it and do what you want to do with it. Like I said, things catch on fire, but when you start seeing a few of them back to back, then you start wondering why the hell are there so many fires going on? Well, the curiosity started to get the best of me. I went back later on and I started looking around because I was trying to find out if there had been more fires around this city this year, than usual so i'm looking 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 couldn't find much of anything but what i did come across there were a couple of random stories that i came across about fires big fires in other parts of the country and it just kind of caught my attention now these are really random like for example this happened out in maryland now, according to this article, it says, Owen Mills' wildfire is Baltimore County's largest battle in 50 years. Now, this article was written on April 5th, 2023. It says, "It says Wednesday marks the second day fire crews battled a wildfire in Owings Mills. Dozens of families were evacuated and crews were still working to put out hot spots. Around 700 acres were burned around the Soldier's Delight natural environment area of Deer Park Road in Waris Chapel. You have a public information officer here by the name of Elise, and Elise is quoted as saying, they knew immediately that this was not your typical brush fire. We get a lot of brush fires this time of the year because the conditions are right for it. And by the way, this fire was so serious, so they had to call in the Maryland National Guard to dump water, says about 600 gallons of water, on top of this fire. Now this particular article really doesn't go into what causes fire. And obviously I don't stay in Maryland. So you guys would know more about what's going on with this than I would. Then you go from that. Now this happened out in, now this happened in Richmond, Indiana. This article was dated April 15th. And according to this, now what happened here was you had a recycling plant that wound up catching on fire and the fire was so severe, people within a half a mile of the plant, Have been under evacuation orders since the fire's first night now this fire started on a tuesday and i believe that tuesday was the 11th and this article came out on april 15th which is a saturday and it says people are still under evacuation orders officials are scheduled to review air and water samples the results of which will help guide the duration of the evacuation order according to richmond mayor dave snow officials are trying to determine where contaminants can be found and how dangerous they are the blades produced columns of dark smoke and they were definitely toxic then you have one of richmond's residents guy by the name of tim day he left his place after the fire started tuesday he said one of his concerns was a seven-month-old daughter's safety and he also goes on to say that he started smelling smoke inside his apartment with all the doors and windows closed he said it was like burning in the nose Which, yeah, I mean, if you're breathing in a bunch of toxic smoke, and by the way, some of the stuff that was burning, it says hydrogen cyanide, benzene, chlorine, carbon monoxide, and volatile organic compounds or VOCs. Now, I don't know what those are, but all of that stuff was burning. So when these people are out there in Richmond and they're breathing in the smoke, this is what they're breathing in. Now, according to this article, it says the fire started in a a semi-trailer loaded with plastics. The fire then jumped to surrounding piles of recyclables before eventually reaching the facility. So this thing spread from a semi-trailer over onto the main facility. And in this facility, it says any type of plastic that you can imagine was in this facility. The cause of this fire wasn't immediately clear. The locals share their concerns since at least 2019, this particular facility had hazards and building code violation. And they have accused the plant's owner of ignoring city orders to clean up the property. And you know, and the problem with people like this, when they don't do what they're supposed to do, they cause headaches for everybody else. Now, according to this article, and again, I don't stay in Richmond, Indiana, so I don't know all the particulars here, but if the owner had fixed these violations, it could have potentially stopped this fire. But again, they don't know what the cause of the fire is right now at the time this article was written. So who knows? But still, it doesn't help when you have owners who are kind of thumbing their nose at violations and regulations and and then you get, what did this article say about 2000 some residents that are inconvenienced because people don't do what they're supposed to do. And all you guys out there listening, I mean, think about it. I mean, if you're at home sitting on your couch, uh, watching TV or, on your computer or whatever the case may be and all of a sudden you get knocks on the door saying you got to get the hell out of your place because you could be breathing in uh what did it say here uh hydrogen cyanide benzene and vocs you know i mean who the hell wants to have to go through something like that and you don't know when or how long this is going to go on this particular resident this tim day said he went and stayed with his mother but how many people out here might not have someone to stay with so again When people don't do what they're supposed to do, it causes problems for the rest of us. First podcast of the new year, I try to pull out the previous year's shooting and homicide stats from the city. Last year on a previous podcast, I played a clip from a press conference that Mayor Lori Lightfoot had done around, around about the 4th of July. And she was talking about shootings and homicides that went down in the city. The problem was that Other crimes were skyrocketing. Robberies, carjackings, violent crime on the CTA. There were tons of stories that came out of the city about people getting robbed in front of their businesses, people getting robbed in front of their homes. People were victims of violence, just riding public transportation. So while looking at some of these numbers, now in this city last year, in 2022, there were 695 victims of homicides in 2021 there were 797 people and that was 25 more than in 2020 so 2020 the numbers were lower and when they're talking about homicides it says these figures do not include killings that occurred in self-defense or in other circumstances not measured in chicago police statistics they're also not including in the 695 people there were victims of homicides. They're not including data from the Illinois State Police, which patrols the city's expressways. So, for example, if there was a fatal shooting on one of the expressways here, this 695 people, that wouldn't be included. Also, according to this report, Chicago homicide victims in 2022 were often young, black, and male. And I got to tell you, I'm looking at these homicide victims based on race and these numbers are very alarming in 2022 asian victims three black and hispanic five white 30 white hispanic 119 black 536 the austin community and i'm bringing this up in particular because mayor elect brandon johnson is from the austin community They led all community areas with the most homicides in 2022, 45. South Shore, which you heard me talking about earlier in the podcast, came in a close second with 41 homicides. The age breakdown of these 695 people, zero to 19 years old, 111, 20 to 29 years old, 229, 30 to 39 years old, 207, 40 to 49 years old, 83, 50 to 59 years old, 29, 60 to 69, 27, 70 to 79 years old, four, 80 or older, two, unknown, three. Gender breakdown, female, 91, the male population in this city, 603. Then they have one unknown listed. Now, I don't know what classifies as unknown. But that's what they have on this report. 636 died of gunshot wounds. 59 died of other causes. And By the way, I'm getting these numbers from the Chicago Tribune. Out of all the years I've lived in this city, I've never seen a gun manufacturer, a gun store, nowhere in this city. But yet, year after year after year, you have all of these fatalities from guns so the logical question to ask that i hear very few people asking is how the hell are so many guns getting into this city they're getting mostly into the hands of young black males since chicago has the strictest gun laws in the country according to these politicians where are these guns coming from but i mean like who's bringing them in here and how are they getting into the streets? All right, we haven't recorded one of these segments in a little while. This is our stuff that didn't make it segment where we record a lot of topics. Then a lot of them don't make the final cut. They wind up on a cutting room floor. So we take these files, store them in a folder. We kind of call it our podcast vault, you know, of things that didn't make the final cut. Now, these particular segments don't make it for a variety of reasons. You know, I might've listened back to it and said, ah, you could have did better. It's no good. Store it in the vault. Could have been something as simple as we just didn't have enough room to add it. Could have been a technical issue. There are a variety of reasons. Like I said, we take them, store them away in the vault and sometimes they'll wind up on this particular segment stuff that didn't make it. Here we go. Something that I have been noticing throughout the years since cell phones have become popular. A lot of times when I go in these stores or from walking down the street, I had a relative tell me a few months ago, they were in the waiting room and same thing happened. People who have conversations through their speakerphone. Now, when cell phones got to the point where pretty much anybody and everybody had one, people would be out in public and they would be having conversations on the phone. And what I used to always be amazed at is Some of the things that I hear people talk about on the cell phone sound very personal in my opinion. And I, and I'll never forget this. And I told this story on a previous podcast, I was on the CTA train and this woman was having a conversation on the cell phone. Whoever she's talking to on on the other end, I just moved into a new place over on such and such a street and she gave the address and whatever. And probably about maybe five, 10 minutes, maybe 15 minutes into the conversation. Then she starts talking about that she gets paid in a couple of days or something or the other like that. You know, she was talking about she gets paid every couple of weeks and I'm getting paid in a couple of days and I'm going out to buy X, Y and Z and blah, 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 blah. Well, I'm thinking to myself, if I'm a criminal, you just told me when you're getting paid and where you live at. So what I'm saying is when I say people are having these conversations on the cell phone, some of this information sounds really personal. Now, I don't know if it's a thing where these people don't think anybody's paying attention or they don't care. I don't know what's behind it, but a lot of this stuff that I hear on cell phone conversation to me, it seems like everybody should know your business. Now, I know we live in a time now where privacy now in 2022, it it don't mean nothing everybody's putting their business on social media and whatever. So maybe it's not that big of a deal. I'm saying that to say that nowadays what I've noticed, and it's been going on for a few years, not only are people having conversations on cell phones, they're having them through the speakerphone, full conversations through speakerphones. And when I'm in the store or wherever these people are at on these cell phones, the people who are on the other end, I often wonder, do they know they're on speakerphone? Cause you have some of these people. Now you call them up, they have you on speakerphone and you don't even know it. So you're having a conversation with a person and you don't know that not only are they listening to you, whoever's in the vicinity can hear you also. Again, I don't know if it's a thing where people don't care or whatever. Like I'm in a store or the family dollar a while back and this woman was talking to a guy on the other end and it was on speakerphone and he's talking about, yeah, well, if you're in a sexual relationship with a person and blah, 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 blah. And I'm thinking, I wonder if this guy know he's on speakerphone, you know, and I hear these speakerphone conversations all the time. And I often wonder, do they let the person on the other end know like, Hey, I'm in the car, I got you on speakerphone or I'm out walking to such and such a place. I got you on speakerphone now speakerphones have been around for years i remember going back to the 80s first time i ever saw a phone that had a speaker on it i mean that was a big deal but typically what people would do if you were having a conversation on speakerphone you would let the other person know hey i got you on speakerphone now that was what the phone etiquette was back in the day now in 2022 i mean things have changed so much i don't know what the phone etiquette is now. I don't even know if there even is a such thing as phone etiquette anymore. I don't know, but it's just something that I wondered about when these people are having these speakerphone conversations all over the place, you know, because if I'm calling silent on the phone and we're having a conversation and I might get to cussing or something and his kids are in the car or if he's in front of his parents or something more, if I know that I'm on speakerphone, then I'll be mindful of what I say. You know, but some of these people, man, they just answer the phone. And every time they answer the phone, it's just automatically speakerphone. Doesn't matter where they're at, what time of day, whatever. It's just everybody's talking on speakerphone. And I remember there was an article that I read on this podcast some years ago where this guy, CTA writer, older guy, I think he was in his 60s or whatever. I don't remember the guy's name, but he would be riding the train on his commute back and forth to work. And he wound up getting so annoyed with people's conversations on the phone. So he rigged some kind of device or something. If somebody was on a cell phone talking loud, it would disrupt their conversation. Uh, And he wound up getting arrested for that too, because that's illegal. Now, obviously that's pretty extreme. You know, and I believe I said this on that podcast, this is just the era that we live in. Cell phone conversations are gonna happen and people are just gonna have to get used to it. I mean, if people wanna have their conversations on speakerphone, It don't make me none. I'm just wondering, does the person on the other end know? And is, is this a thing that people do now? Like, do they let people know that, hey, I got you on speakerphone? Does the person on the other end even care? And again, I'm not bothered by it. The only time that it becomes annoying, whether they're on speakerphone or not, you have some people who aren't aware of volume and they're screaming and talking and loud into a cell phone and it's like man and you wonder like is the person they're talking to on the other end or like are they hearing impaired or something or and these people who do that i don't know if it's a thing where they want everybody to hear their conversation or they're just loud talkers or whatever the case may be but in those cases yeah it can be a little bit annoying but which that's what my relative that was in a doctor's office had to deal with the woman coming in talking Loud enough for the whole building pretty much to hear her, <laughs> hear a conversation. So yeah, some of those people can be kind of annoying. But again, this is just the era that we live in, and I've learned that when you live in a city, particularly in a city that has a lot of people, you're going to be inconvenienced. That's just the way it is. And if this podcast was set up to take phone calls, I really would ask this question: How many people out there are having cell phone conversation, and you got people on speakerphone? And you don't let them know they're on speakerphone. You're having full-blown conversation. Person's on speakerphone. You're out in the public. And, or do you let the person know, hey, I got you on speakerphone because I'm tired of holding the phone up to my ear or whatever the case may be? It's just one of those things I'm curious about. One of our earlier podcasts, I want to say it was probably 33rd or maybe our 34th podcast back in 2018. I had talked about an article that I came across. I don't know how many people remember. There was an issue with Spotify. They came up with this policy about not playing certain music on their playlists, music that had offensive, angry, hateful content, or something along those lines. And Spotify was using two artists. One of those artists was R. Kelly. Now, this is back at the time when I believe there was a report or something that hit the news about he had sex slaves in his basement or something or the other. He had women, he was holding women captive or something, which I don't know whatever happened with that story. It kind of came and hit the news and then it just kind of faded away. Then the other things that have been surrounding them as well. So Spotify had said, you know what? We're not going to play no more R. Kelly music because it falls under these new guidelines. Well, what wound up happening after that was Spotify had to walk it back because they came under a lot of hot water because when you're talking about artists and hateful, angry speech, I mean, how are you going to police that? I mean, there's tons of that type of music out there. And I'm going to tell you something vulgar language is so common now in music till if you find an artist that's not using it, I mean, it's, it's shocking. As a matter of fact, I just saw an artist recently silent. And how I came across her, she was performing at the playoffs, the uh, Clippers versus the Suns. She was performing during um, the break. And something along the lines of Pretty Girls Walk Like This, and she had a little dance going, you know, and she was rapping. Kind of caught my attention. I thought it was kind of catchy. And I did the identify song thing and found her on YouTube and played the song. And, man, you talk about vulgar. So the language was totally different than what I heard on the game, but, and listen, I'm not against vulgarity and music. I mean, obviously the music that we grew up listening to, she really, in my opinion, she really didn't need it. You know, I mean, the song was catchy enough, but every other word, it was a cuss word or something vulgar. And I'm like, I don't know how the hell she was able to perform it at an NBA game. And again, like I said, I'm not against any of that stuff. It's just that sometimes I feel like it's not necessary. And I didn't feel like it was necessary in her case, in my opinion, but again, nowadays, it is what it is. So I'm saying all that to say that when Spotify is talking about not playing this type of music, then, I mean, there are going to be a whole lot of artists that fit under that category. So they wound up walking it back. But the point of me bringing all this up was there was another artist that I never heard of at the time that I read that article on the podcast, a rapper by the name of XXX Tentacion. And at the time I read the article, never heard of him, didn't know how to pronounce his name. I wound up butchering it on this mic because I just, you know, I never heard of him before. And at the time they were pointing to some incident that he had got caught up in. It was a domestic violence thing that had happened or something or the other. And they threw him in there along with R. Kelly, saying that these two artists in particular, we're not going to play their music. Well, I got on this podcast, read the article, never heard of XXX. And oddly enough in between podcasts from the time we had recorded that podcast till the time we recorded our next one back in 2018, this rapper that I had never heard of until that article was murdered. And I, in silent, and you remember we would, we were talking about the that rapper that we just talked about, he just got murdered. So we were kind of, we were just shocked. So then now I had to get on the next podcast and bring his name up again. But I'm bringing this up now on the podcast because they've since found the guys that murdered them and they just now recently had the trial for individuals that were involved in this robbery. One of them, he turned on the other three and became an informant. They, what they call it? Snitching. And I got kind of caught up in this thing. I'm watching various clips on YouTube from the trial, which recently just wrapped up. One of the things that I had talked about at the time this murder went down that I thought was particularly heinous, they murdered him and took a bag. I think he had $50,000 of cash in a bag. And these individuals were on social media, laughing, flashing his cash, smiling, dancing. You would have thought they had just won the publishing clearinghouse sweepstakes or something the way they were on camera, just having a good time. You know, they showed no remorse at all. And this goes back to what I've been talking about on the podcast about social media and the effects that it is having on our young people in particular, celebrating violence and death in front of cameras to post on social media. And it was no different with these people. I mean, they murdered, and they, I mean, they had no remorse at all. And one of the things I said was individuals like this, you don't need them on the streets because if they're that cold hearted, they'll run around and murder anybody. And won't think twice about it. Now that happened back in 2018. These guys had some time to think about it. Now they're sitting on trial and they're in trial with the same type of behavior. They're smiling and acting like it's no big deal. We're just here for like a traffic ticket or something. We'll pay a fine and we'll be on our way. This was kind of the attitude they had. I said, they just don't get it. And they've had time to think about it. And they're still, you know, like it's no big deal. And the thing that was even more shocking to me silent is when I'm looking at these individuals in court, you know, now they're all dressed up. They look a lot different than the mug shots. I mean, they're all dressed up. One guy's got on glasses. And if I saw these individuals walking down, well, not the one there's one that had like tattoo marks all on his face. If I saw him walking in somewhere, I would leave. But the other two individuals, they look like presentable young men. They don't look like people that I would thought had just murdered somebody, you know, and then to would be so cold hearted as to kind of laugh about it. But the end result of all this, the three of them were found guilty and all three were sentenced to life in prison. And I thought how sad it is that you had all these young people, you got one murdered and you got four that are going to prison over some cash that if they had got together and did the right thing, they could have made that cash legitimately. And then some, you know, but now they're going to spend the rest of their lives in prison for $50,000 that they didn't took from somebody that they never really got a chance to do nothing with selling their souls for a dollar bill And this behavior. It's just so pervasive in our society. And I don't give a damn how many people get locked up for it. How many people go on on social media, basically snitching on themselves, which I don't understand why they get mad with the guy that snitched on them. They basically snitched on themselves when they posted all this stuff on social media. So they didn't need him to snitch but I don't care how many people have done this stuff. You still have people out there and they're just going to keep on doing it, killing for money, posting things on social media and they don't see a damn thing wrong with it. I don't get it. And like I said earlier in the podcast with AI technology coming out, I mean, God only knows what that's going to bring. So, you know, it's a lot to deal with. No doubt about it. You know, we just saw the one kid that got arrested for sharing Pentagon secrets on, the internet i mean what is wrong with these people i mean you're sharing top secret classified information on the internet and you don't find anything wrong with that you know you murder somebody go on the internet brag about it you don't find nothing wrong with that i don't get it i don't understand it i don't i don't even know if they understand it to be honest with you and i don't care how many people get arrested for it, they're still going out and doing the same dumb stuff so what can you do? You know, well, moving forward, you know, I was in target the other day. You know, a lot of times when you walk in these stores, they have music plan. Well, same thing with this target store that I go to. And I guess I got to go to target cause they're closing all the Walmarts. Walmart stores are pulling out in droves, but target, I was in target and whenever I go in this particular target, the music is playing, you know, and I walk in most of the times it's newer music, but, Every so often, I'll hear a track from back in the day, old school, throwbacks, whatever you want to call it. Like, I'll give you an example. One day, I walked in there, and I heard Let's Get Physical by Olivia Newton-John. And it was so ironic because it was a week before she had passed. They had played that record. And I remember thinking when I was hearing it, I said, man, they really went back to pull that one out, you know. So I'm walking through the store, and Let's Get Physical is playing... And then I couldn't get it out of my head because, you know, it's it's a track that I hadn't heard in years. And it just kept going through my head over and over again. You know, let's get physical, physical, you know. But the last time I went in there, and this is what caught my attention silent. They were playing an artist that I had not heard or thought about in years. Remember Taylor Dane? She had that record, uh, Tell It To My Heart. Yeah, so I'm walking through Target and they're playing Tell It To My Heart. Now, I was never really a big fan of that record. It was a little too poppy for my taste, you know, but they were playing it on the speakers, and I said, man, whatever happened to Taylor Dane? I haven't thought about Taylor Dane in years. I don't know if she was a one-hit wonder. That, From what I remember, that was her biggest record. Uh, Again, I was never a fan of it. It came out around about the late 80s, if I'm not mistaken, 87, 88, somewhere around up in there. But no, I, I was never a big fan of that record. She did have another record. It was a slow track. I don't know. Do you remember this record? Um, I'll Always Love You, I think, was the name of it. It was a ballad. Yeah, I was a big fan of that record. That got a lot of play um, on the, and I'm using air quotes, urban stations here in Chicago.
1: I'll love you
0: yeah, there you go. Man, here's another song I haven't heard in a year. Wow. And have not thought about Taylor Dane in a
1: year.
0: Yeah, I don't know whatever happened to her. I guess maybe Mariah Carey came out and knocked her out the box maybe I don't don't know but uh, yeah I don't know whatever happened to Taylor Dane and I, I guess she's still making music I don't know but I don't remember hearing anything else about her after really after this you know You know, you don't hear a lot of people now talking about love and music the way they used to. I'm talking about genuine love. Now, a lot of these people talk about love from a Gucci bag or love from good romp in the sack. Then they fall in love. But I'm talking about just genuine love from like you just genuinely love somebody, you know, because it's just something about the person. and You don't know what it is. It's just something about that person. It ain't got nothing to do with what they done bought you or nothing physical, you know. Yeah, that's a nice ballad there. She came out at the same time. We had a rapper called Dana Dane. Remember him? Well, I know you do, but... Two totally different people. Well, we've come to the end of another podcast. Podcast 48. We want everybody to be safe. Weather's getting warmer, so... Go out, be safe, have a good time. Don't hurt nobody. And if you ever go somewhere and the vibe don't feel right, leave. Don't stick around. Don't second guess. Trust your mind. Trust your instincts. That's what you have them for. And I'll add this too. Stay away from idiots because they'll get you in a hell of a lot of trouble. Now, it might be hard to stay away from idiots because they come a dime a dozen. As you've heard through various topics on this podcast. With all that being said, this is the Chicago Grown Folk Podcast, episode 48, another one in the books. Thank you to everybody who were patient with us. We don't come out as frequently as we would like to, but we try not to leave you hanging too long. So for the silent DJ, I am E. This has been the Chicago Grown Folk Podcast, and we are out.